0: It started out with uh, uh, Heather, who uh, I really blessed the Lord for, because uh, she and Adam and her fa- their family uh, were really new here. And to have the boldness to come to a new church, be a new member, and say, I would really like to see us do this, you know, that's bold. I like boldness like that. And uh, uh, we'd like to do Operation Christmas Child, and she brought it to, uh, to uh, another senior moment. Larissa. <laughs> Vic and Larissa, my favorite names. their' ta- uh, their names on my, uh, in my conversation probably 20 times a day at least. <clears throat> um, brings it to Larissa, and they bring it to me and said, hey, what do you think about this Operation Christmas Child? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. I think we could do a dozen boxes. And they are like, no, we're thinking we can do a hundred. Big faith. And I'm like, go for it. And now I look at the fruit of that and the realities of it, and I am so blessed and excited and uh, to have been just a small part of it, of someone's faith. I want to share just a little bit this morning before we Take the time to um, pack these boxes. I think it was a couple months ago I ministered about, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. I like that particular part in Revelation. There's another part where Jesus says uh, in the Gospels, He says, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Uh, and then he also says, and then take heed how you hear or what you hear, depending on the translation. The Lord has been speaking to me lately about listening, hearing, and, and, and what it is I'm, I'm hearing. In, in Revelation where he says, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. Hear what? hear what the Spirit says to the church. What is the Spirit saying to the church? Well, first of all, I'm going to ask the question, who's the church? Raise your hand. You're the church. Had a conversation this week with a brother. and We were talking about different methods of of having services sunday service midweek service a meeting in a building a meeting in a home not meeting at all just gathering together when the spirit moves on you to gather with some other people there's all kinds of moves throughout the land right now as far as like how you might gather but the key there is that you gather You gather together with other believers. You encourage one another. But the term was brought up, well, we don't like to meet in a building because we don't want to put new wine in an old wineskin. And we don't like to meet necessarily Sunday mornings because we don't like putting new wine in an old wineskin. And I went away from there, and I had to ask the Holy Spirit, uh, speak to me, tell me what, what I'm hearing. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you got that all wrong, because I've used that myself. Well, I don't want to put new wine in an old wineskin, referring to something that had become familiar to me. And, uh, and I really got insight by listening to the Holy Spirit that uh, the new wineskin, skin, when Jesus is referring to it, is the church, and he's saying when people use that expression, and when I've used it in the past, use that expression. What I'm saying is I don't want to put. I got it in reverse. We have sometimes spiritual dyslexia. I got it in reverse. He's saying, don't put old wine in the new wineskin. So if I'm the church, I am the new wineskin. And he doesn't want me to bring the old wine and, and put it into that wineskin. He wants to put out a freshness, a, a new squeeze, if you will. Is that your main squeeze? So I'm thinking on this, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And anyone with ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Um, Two weeks ago, or was it last week? When did you preach? two weeks ago on discernment. One of the best messages I think I've heard on discernment. And uh, let me answer my phone. And I think the title of the message that Nancy preached on was uh, discernment is not the difference between right and wrong. It's the difference between what's right and almost right. We really need to develop our hearing and listening to the Spirit of the Lord. Um, Jesus said, I'm going to go away. I'm going to give you somebody that's going to teach you in all what? truth I'm gonna give you somebody somebody's gonna come the comforter the Holy Spirit's gonna come he's gonna teach you truth there's a big difference between something that seems right and something that is right the end of the book of I think it's the last scripture in Joshua somebody looked that up for me and keep me straight on it but I think it's and everyone did what was right in their own eyes Judges, last verse of Judges. Thank you, Bob. Anyway, so I'm doing a little pondering, driving along. That's when I do most of my pondering. It keeps me from getting uh, road rage uh, at all the idiots out there, which I'm included in, apparently, by some of people's reactions towards me. Um, And I thought of... We hear with our ear, we believe with our heart unto salvation. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is the Lord. So there's a pattern there. And uh, I saw a little clip and it, it, it says, ear is the center of heart. So I went, huh, ear is the center of heart. Well, that's pretty simple. But what does the H stand for? So I decided to look up what the H in Hebrew stands for. So right in the center of heart is ear or hear, and the H stands for God. So then I went, well, what does the T stand for? The T stands for signature in one aspect of it. So the signature of God, I believe, is the ear to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church today. In the name Abraham, God changed Abraham's name from Abram to Abraham. He added an H. And the H in Abraham's name means communication. In the Hebrew. I thought all those little things were very interesting as I'm on this journey of trying to change how I hear and what it is I hear from the Lord. Because time is very precious. I can have many conversations throughout a day with many different individuals from major things to very minor things to then getting home and literally making sure that I don't come home already listened out when my wife still has 22,000 words to be used up. How many words does, on the average does a woman speak? It's a lot more than a man, right? And it's so easy, guys. You've been out, you've been working, you've been doing your thing, and you come home. You could be easily already talked out because you've got like 20 words you use. And uh, and your wife is wanting to talk. And I'm really practicing on this this path I'm on, of listening to what she says. It helped that I got hearing aids finally, too. It's important that we hear with our ear, but we understand with the heart. And then we speak that that we hear. It's so important that you speak the Word of God. Uh, it's so important that I use the Word of God in my house as a as a husband as a father as a grandfather it's important that I speak words that are truth Um, I'm just going to give us a quick little one here guys this is for you men this is a secret for you men get out Proverbs 31 Read it, and then think of your wife and speak those things to her. Tell her what a virtuous woman of God she is. Tell her, use these words on her. Say, your your worth to me is far above anything I could ever obtain in this life. You're far above rubies. You're far above diamonds. You know, you could, you could go into the Song of Solomon if you want, and you could read that to her. Your, your teeth are like the goats on the mountains. They're white. <laughs> you know, that doesn't have the same ring to it as, uh, as Proverbs. Never forget the day my wife went to some women's meeting, and there they taught him, and this is really difficult for today's generation, the day we live in, but my wife came home, and she looked at me, and she said, you're my king. I went, yeah, (laughs) get in there and make some dinner. It did just the opposite to me. Instead of making me feel like That's right. I'm your king. Don't you ever forget it. It made me suddenly have a greater appreciation and say, wow, who is this woman that looks at me this way? And she suddenly became my queen. And I really adopted that. I tell my wife, not as much lately, but I should, this is a good exhortation for me. I tell her, you're my queen. Because that automatically ke- keeps me in my position as king. <laughs> so guys, a little, little secret there. Tell your, tell your wife, you're my queen. And that makes you the king automatically. You with me here? so he that has an ear to hear let him hear what the spirit's saying to the church to you to me to us together the church being defined as god's family god's children every believer that believes on the lord jesus christ is a member of the church it doesn't doesn't uh, that identity right there is complete you don't have to become a member of a certain church organization. That's fine, but it's not necessary. You don't have to say, I'm, I'm uh, of Whitefields. It's good to tell people that you go to church at Whitefields Church. You don't have to say, I'm Lutheran, I'm Catholic, I'm Baptist, I'm, you know. And, and many churches, they have a membership and when you get ready to move, and you want to move to another church, you take your membership with you. Um, That's the way they do it. It's great. It's not the way I do it. Well, one time I was talking to our core group and they were saying, we should have a membership here. We don't have a membership and we should have a membership drive. So I suggested we get a sign out there called membership drive. See, I firmly believe that you are a member when you're a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ. You're a member of the body of Christ. One time I had a couple of young elders from the Mormon church come to my door. They said, uh, hi, I'm Elder So-and-so with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I'm Elder So-and-so. And I shook their hands and I said, good to meet you. I'm Elder Mark Campbell with the body of Christ. <laughs> and they went. And they all moved away from me. Because that's the truth. See, I'm speaking truth. You are members and members what? In particular. Now, what does God desire in his family? Uh, one of the emphasis that he emphasizes is the importance of unity. He wants us to be in unity with one another. He says if two or more of you are in agreement on something you've got some real power going on. Another aspect of unity is I want my brother or my sisters who succeed I want them to, to prosper. I want them to do well. There's a scripture about uh, praying for your city that it would prosper, in that when your city prospers, you will prosper. I don't know where that's at. Somebody can do a little Google search on that if they want, or Blue Letter Bible. But I want my brother and my sister to succeed, so as a part of this body of Christ that I'm a member of, I want to see them do well, and part of that is connected to my hearing, that's connected to my heart, that's connected to my words and what I speak about them. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. In verse 14, it says, For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, be aware of destroying one another. Right now, I don't know if you're aware, I don't know how you cannot be aware of it, but this nation that we live in is completely divided. I mean, it's just, what's going on is so destructive that it's, it's just tearing the, at the foundation of this nation. the biting and devouring of the spirit that's being unleashed the spirit of Antichrist that's being unleashed on the earth today and it's affecting the church it's affecting the believer it's affecting the marriages it's affecting families it has its effect, but it says we are not of this world. We are not of this world. We're only sojourners, we're only passing through. We are of a different kingdom. That kingdom means. When I sign up that membership form to be a part of that kingdom, a part of that church, it also takes control of my lips, of what issues out of my heart. It says, because you will speak what's in your heart. And if you're speaking things about your brother or sister that you shouldn't be, and if you're not bringing about unity, but bringing about division, and... Even in a mild form, you don't mean to. You're just saying, oh, yeah, they're kind of always like that. They're kind of always like that. I wish they would be more like this. Or I wish they wouldn't do that. Instead, speak faith. You know, we hear speaking. Be positive. Use the positive. I don't want to use that term. I want to use the term. Speak truth about them. Oh, they're made in the image of God. Oh, God has given them such a wonderful gift. God has really blessed them because you want to see them prosper, and in doing so, you will prosper. You will see them. um, What is it? What's the old saying? You're, you're a retired fisherman. The tide causes all boats to rise. Yeah. One aspect of this is it's so important that you speak truth into your circumstances. I was thinking about the lily of the fields and what Jesus said about them just earlier this week. He says, they didn't toil. They didn't do a whole lot. They're just beautiful, just blooming away there. And all of a sudden, I kind of went on a little mental journey. Going, how did I get to where I am today? There were times in my life where I'm looking back at it. I don't know how I ate. but I never went hungry, I never starved to death. You know, I don't know how I made it from here to here looking back and all of a sudden I had a glimpse into the lily and how God cared for it. He just cared for it. In Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm gonna end with this, I think it's so important that we really take this to heart, that we not bite and devour one another, not find fault. We all have faults. It's one thing to point out a brother's fault when you do it in love. Uh, I was talking about forgiveness, I think last week, a little bit, and how the Holy Spirit had told me, you don't even go to that person. And tell them that they've affected offended you until you have already forgiven them in your heart and when you have already forgiven them in your heart then you can go to them and whether they say oh forgive me because see our mentality says well when they ask for forgiveness i'll forgive them god's mentality is i have forgiven you What do you want, your mentality or God's mentality to operate? Okay, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse... Uh, We'll go to verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Wow, that's a different use of your thinking. What can I do in my life that will help you come to a a place of love and good works in your life by pointing out your shortcomings let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So pretty much those are just my meandering thoughts for the week. I hope that they spoke to you in some way or another. And uh, I want to be sure and take the rest of our meeting to pack these boxes. This is certainly one example of that, of us being encouraged to love and good works. And I am so excited about this. I, I could just about bust. Uh, that is Proverbs 11.10. Righteous... Will you read that to us? When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. Amen. What happens if all she can do is find fault and point it out? (laughs) You perish. (laughs) You dry up. Anyway, I'm pretty excited about all this. And uh, we're going to hear a little bit more about how we're going to go about doing it. And we have a little uh, video presentation. So let's do that at this time.